have Laura Ferris, whose focus is drawing, painting, and printmaking. Thank you, Laura, for being a part of our two scale show. Uh, sorry that it could have, have been up a little longer for the public to see, but we still really appreciate you being a part of it. Thank you for asking me. The first question we have is, to put it mildly, these are strange times. Uh, quarantining, face masks, and hand sanitizers have become a part of our daily rituals. On top of the virus, we're also in the middle of a social turning point filled with protest and dissatisfaction with continued social injustice. How are you handling the current climate dictated by COVID and the social unrest? Has your artwork or process been affected by these? And what role does your artwork play in your daily life? Okay, well, I think I'm handling it all right. And I think it's because I have had so many distractions. So when we first got told to go home from Sweetbriar, it was, I think, March 12th. And I was in the, we were two thirds of the way through the 12 week semester. So I still needed to finish up teaching senior seminar and painting. And I'm thinking, yes, yeah, senior seminar and painting. So, so I did that online and I'm not used to doing things online. You can probably tell. And then I had to teach an etching class. And how do you teach etching long distance was we ended up, um, and this wasn't my idea, it was Janet Balbeg's idea as far as I know, um, sending every student a pasta machine and using the pasta machines as small etching presses. And actually that was kind of, I mean, it was very hard because every night I had to try to figure out how to do it so that I could teach it to them the next day or so. But, and I was using my computer as a camera and uh, anyway, um, so, so, but everybody always came to class. So I thought that was really good. And we made a bunch of etchings and they were really intaglio prints. They weren't strictly speaking etchings because anyway, so that lasted up until the end of school. And then I thought, oh, good, I'll get some time to rest. But um, that didn't happen. And then there's been a lot of construction going on with the building, you know, windows installed, painted, caulked. And then my air conditioner also was need to be replaced. So I feel like quarantine, <laughs> I am masking, I'm doing social distance. I'm, you know, trying to stay home a lot. But I, you know, I have uh, had a lot of distractions plus my son is recovering from a badly broken leg and has to go to physical therapy. So it doesn't feel like when other people talk about how much they stay at home, I kind of just nod because I haven't been, I haven't been. As far as my work is concerned, I would say that I am not as productive as I would like to be. I mean, you would think this would be the time when I could make a whole lot of work but the time is very broken up. And also it seems like with all this disruption and now with the social unrest, it is a really interesting time. And I'm, I'm actually, with the social unrest, I'm so, so sad about the people who lost their lives and have been losing their lives for all these years. But I, I'm thinking that for this to happen during the quarantine has kind of made it the time that like why George Floyd, instead of all the other people, and I think it's, it's the cumulative of all the people, but still because people are home, 
because they're watching TV all day, because they can actually go out and join protests and demonstrations, it, it seems to have picked up more, maybe it's also just the political climate, but anyway, I'm hoping that we'll get to keep some of these changes. I'm hoping that we'll be able to grow as a culture and be more inclusive and learn or relearn our history for us white people that we're taught, oh my gosh, I don't even want to begin talking about all the stuff I was taught going through school when I did. But anyway, learning all the things I should have learned and um, just having a more inclusive society because the, the side of society that was kind of segregated off is a beautiful culture. You know, it's full of all this incredible richness and music and literature and dance and food and just life ways that um, I welcome. And I, I'm, you know, let's, let's, let's have it, let's bring it on. So and maybe I'm being naive, but I guess I'll choose to be naive for a few more days. I choose, then, to be, I choose to be naive too, Laura. I think I, in this kind of instance, I think, you know, a lot of us choose hope, choose, choose yeah. being a little naive, but being naive and having hope, I think, is, is how things get changed. It's like not giving well, up. It's like we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to keep hopeful and we're going to keep, keep um, yeah you know keep moving forward and, and uh, that's how change happens i think it beats the alternative brooke don't you i do i think it absolutely beats the alternative so, so i'm anyway um i did start some i did some demos for my etching class my my pasta maker class and they were all four and a half by seven inches because pasta maker doesn't make a very large press and um I decided I was going to make all of them be goldfish because I really like goldfish. So I made like seven or eight different techniques making these goldfish that are all, and I, I think six of them are going to end up being a piece. So, so that's one piece I can go, okay, there's that. And then I've done a couple of small pieces that were just ideas that I had that, of things I wanted to see. And I don't know how I feel about them, but you know, I followed a creative impulse and I made the things, but they're not super ambitious or major statements. And then I started working on these two scratch, well, it's actually clayboard, which is scratchboard without the black coating. And um, the first one was gonna be, I had this doll that I made that had a dress made out of sticks. It's really super comfortable. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, the doll didn't turn out to be my favorite doll, but I thought the idea is, interesting to me and and so i'll do a, a clayboard of this woman with a dress made out of sticks and so i was having trouble getting the body with the dress on it right so i just made the naked body and i thought well, i'll put the sticks on in a little bit and actually the medium of the clayboard and the way it reacted with the watercolor that i was using i actually really liked it naked so then I started to make another one that I thought, well, this will be the one with the sticks. And now she's finished and also naked. And I, I don't know if I'm gonna leave them as nude images or if I'm gonna add something else to them because I think I'm always telling my students, you know, like if you're not interested in, say for example, the background of your picture, 
don't put it in. If you aren't interested, it'll look like you're not interested, you know, do what's interesting to you. So um, I can't really decide. I wish you all could come up and look at these and see, yes, you should put the sticks on there right away. Or but What are the meanings of the sticks? I mean, what do the sticks represent? Because it's very interesting. I'm curious what those sticks represent. Well, I'm curious too. I don't know exactly. I just had the idea you know, kind of like a visual idea. And then as I was doing it, I kind of thought this is like a kind of um, a kind of bondage and a kind of uncomfort that women, um, you know, the way women's clothing, and I guess men's too, but you know, women wear the corsets and the push-up bras and all the garter belts and all that stuff that are so uncomfortable. And even just the standard of beauty is sort of by its nature, you have to do something uncomfortable in order to make it be beautiful. Anyway, um, what were you, <laughs> uh, you were talking about how uh, you were against adding the sticks, even though like it's a, like the social beauty norm of in order to look feminine and be pretty, we need to wear corsets and or do something. Do unnatural. something like, like bleach your hair. Bleach your hair. <laughs> yeah, the uh, pull your eyebrows. Yeah, <laughs> get some kind of weird fingernails and all those things that are beautiful. And now it seems like the standard of beauty is, um, is like surgical. Mm -hmm. right? You have to get stuff done. Mm -hmm. And otherwise you're hideous. And that's just, um, mm -hmm. it's not my favorite look, but I remember in back when uh, Germaine Greer wrote the female eunuch, <laughs> and one of the lines in her, um, you don't have to put this in my talk, but one of the lines in her book was, it was like, what do men want? And but that's the idea that's what's supposed to be beautiful is what men want. Or, and it, it's really what they are being told that they want. But anyway, this she said, they want a boy's body with tits stuck on. <laughs> <laughs> because the ideal is this very slim, very slim body with mm -hmm. chalubies. And um, I, that stuck with me. And so I feel like these people that I, that I made, the two women that I made that are naked, um, I don't know if I'm going to put the dress on it or not. Maybe I will try the dress. If you so. made two, it could be interesting to have one au natural and then one with yeah. the sticks and have them hung together. Yes, I was thinking of having them as, as a, you know, a diptych or as a piece that consists of two pieces. Yeah. So yeah, I can show them to you, but I, I know that this is going to be an audio thing, right? Yes. It is. Yeah. Okay. And what if what if the stip sticks were their own separate piece? That's a really good idea. That could you know, be. I hmm. I see the sticks as as from from listening to you two talk. I see three pieces. I see the sticks as their own entity. But you know, that's just from listening. Yeah, to I you. might try to make that in three D. Mm -hmm. That should be easy. But you know. <laughs> You know what else it also, the sticks also reminded me kind of of Joan of Arc and the pyre and mm -hmm. the burning and so forth. So I think it's kind of a potent image, whatever it means, but um, you don't decide what your work means, do you? Like uh, before you make it, or maybe you decide while you're making it. I think we can only hope that what we're aiming for is what is understood, but other people will come to their own understandings too. I agree. Some of my work, it's taken like five, six, eight years to figure out why I made it. 
And then yeah. I'll probably change my mind in, you know, in another couple of years. And be like, ah, that's why I made it. And then I'll probably be like, that's not why I made it. So, you know. I think some of the work I enjoy the most of other artists is work that um, doesn't have a strong program attached to it, but rather the viewer brings whatever they're going to bring to it. And people might get very different things from the same piece this is about happiness this is very sad you know but it's the same piece so uh, yeah i don't like to be told anything really but no i mean i don't like to be told what to think no i agree with you and i i, I recently heard of an artist who somebody went into a gallery and they saw something in their work that was not meant to be there Mm -hmm. And they were so angry that they, you know, this this is a piece that took four months to create. Um, and, and he just ripped it up. <gasps> wow. It was not to be seen this way. It was only to be wow. seen in the way in which he presented it. And I was yes. like, that's like the saddest thing I've ever heard. I'm like, well, it's the 24-hour rule. That's I know. 24-hour rule that you're not allowed to destroy anything for 24 hours. <laughs> it's very wise. I tell my students that because when they see their print, you know, you take a print off the plate and it's not what you're expecting. Mm -hmm. And you're like so disappointed at first. And if you wait 24 hours, you might go, oh, that's kind of cool. And then yeah. in 24 more hours, you'll go, this is my new idea. You know, like it's it, if you're in control of everything. But I was at a gallery talk and um, the artist was talking about her work and she said and this is how you should feel when you look at this work ah. oh. and you know telling us exactly what it meant and i was just immediately i mean maybe some people like that but i was just immediately rebellious and like well i'll be the judge of that i'm not gonna, <laughs> she's not gonna tell me how to i would have been the same way right so i hope my work is open enough so that people can get different things from it but um the, and, and it even almost makes me uncomfortable to say what those sticks or any part of my work actually means because I don't want to limit it for people, you know. No, and, and just by your talking, I came up with an entire narrative about those sticks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say, if you can remember it and tell me later. I'll tell you later. I was like, I got the whole story. So, you know, you know right. but that's, that's what you want your audience to do. You want to, you know. Mm-hmm. You you want to you want to start them thinking and, and bring their own reactions into your right, right. yeah make up their own stories and feelings and that's what yeah. so so we're starting uh, Sweetbriar is starting back up on the eleventh teaching on the eleventh of August yeah so we're, we're starting getting we're starting ready. the twelfth oh wow you're just one day mm -hmm. off mm -hmm. yeah and so are you getting ready now it's like. I decided I was going to wait till July 1st. <laughs> I just needed a break. Actually, they haven't told us how we are to teach. They're working on hybrid, but they haven't told us how many days online and how many days in, in person. Oh, we so, get to say what we want, how we want to teach. And I said face to face. You get to say? I would absolutely have said face to face. We don't that by I should find out mid next week how many days hmm. a week I'm to be in the classroom and how many days online. So it's really hard to kind of plan anything until you know. Right. You know, well, you know, the schedule. Yeah, I'm going to a lot of meetings and writing a lot of note, you know, emails to different administrators and stuff about 
what kind of gloves I want and how I'm going to handle this and how I'm going to put a lock on the still life closet and let people bring in their own still life stuff and then they take it away with them and we'll have mm -hmm. critiques and bring the work I'll grade it then and then they take the work away so I've got some ideas but um gosh you know in this world a million different things could happen before then so, I know something could happen next week I mean we yeah. could have a spike at any moment or and we could have like a plague of locusts or I, I am <laughs> I have been looking for locusts and you know what this is the year of locusts they are this year I so. know and then wasn't there frogs there were like anyway there were a lot of things in the seven plagues of Egypt and oh yeah um I feel like we've got you know it's like a check 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 checking well, well I've got I've got a toad it's the first year at, um that I can remember ever having a toad and Aww. and his name is Noah and he has a makeshift toad house and so that could count as the frog <laughs> I think there are there are more frogs this year partly because probably because of the shutdown Mm -hmm. And, you know, nature seems to be doing better Much than it better. has been in a while. There's beautiful clear skies and, you know, they're seeing wrecks in the bottom of the Great Lakes because the water's so clear. Really? Old wrecks. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. That's kind of a cool image, isn't it? Yeah. That's so cool. <gasps> so. Okay. That could easily distract me. I could be off on like a 45 minute to an hour think, just like on that one being like, okay, sorry. Okay, okay I, got a I, got a, I got a second question for you here. Oh, all right. Okay, it, it is difficult for us all to see the future in these uncertain times. Do you have any goals, plans, or new directions in which you hope to explore in the upcoming days, months, years? Where do you see your artwork leading you? I just want to keep making it. And um, I think it's always a, a question of how can you get your work done? How can you make your life so that you can work? How can you schedule your life? How can you design a kind of work? Like if I said, I want to make 50 foot murals, you know, in enamel, I really wouldn't be able to do that in here. And so there's a scale. And then, you know, it's working around obligations. And I'm still teaching but i probably won't be teaching forever but i don't want to say exactly when i'm thinking about not being teaching so but but you know i guess it's you know it's something else that i have to consider and then um i also want to play a lot more music and i want to practice a lot more i've been really bad about that and of course all the jams and festivals have been closed down there's one jam that i know of that just started back up and I really miss that. So I, that's another part of my creative side that I want to stop neglecting so badly mm -hmm. and keep that going. I'm staring at my fiddle case right across the room. It's calling to you. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I have, you know, I have ideas. I want to keep getting ideas and keep responding to the world. And, you know, who knows what all this, um, all these plagues are going to do to all of our ideations and things. But I, I know that when my students went home and they suddenly started producing work at home, not only did their media change and their scale changed, but their work changed really profoundly, a lot of them. And, you know, for them, it's like a huge deal, sort of like 
Kennedy being killed or or 9-11 or something, this big giant um, thing in their world. They're, the seniors, especially, I feel for them. And, you know, this is their senior year. They couldn't even have a show. It's online. Their show is online. And it's about a sixth of what they would have been able to do. So I feel for them. But, you know, it's also interesting that they they had to keep going they were supposed to keep going and and then to see what they did as they were keeping going as they were sort of being forced to keep going and i'll be interested to see what all of my students do as you know kind of coming back and getting back into school and um what are we going to be like mm -hmm. how's this um social change going to play out and I'm really interested in it I think it'll be you know as I said it'll be fascinating and I hope we get to keep some of what seems like right now progress in that area potential progress yeah I hope so I, I, yeah I'm like you I'm optimistic right <laughs> that's good <laughs> fingers crossed well Thank you so much for giving us your time today. You're very welcome. And sorry, I, the, I just thought, oh, they'll call me. And I forgot about it. I know that you sent me that Zoom thing a couple of days ago. So yeah. I should. Well, my problem is I could talk to you all day. And I'm like, okay. No, I know. I could just sit here all day and talk to you and I, you know, and, and come up with a great. We should have lunch one day. Oh my gosh, I'd love that. That'd be fun. Now, now that is an actual possibility because I don't have to be at school every day. Yay. So if you all, do you have lunch? Do you all have lunch together sometimes? Oh, we haven't. Not, not since COVID, but I do miss being around other people for meals and just yeah. generally being around other people. Well, Buck and I, today we went over to Hot and Cold and, and um, then we went you know, to a picnic table outside at the market and just sat down and had lunch and it was really delicious and it was outside and, you know, we just could go in and we didn't have to, you know, sit in there, although it is, there are people sitting in there. I like the, and it's, and it's nice out. Mm -hmm. So it's doable. Or we could even do a depot. Yeah. Are you sick of the depot? Plans. And, and they have, you know, that little place with the rainbow colored chairs yeah that patio they set up yeah i think that's sort of open to anyone because mm -hmm. it doesn't get bust or um you're supposed to bust your own table and it doesn't have alcohol but we could do the alcohol part too <laughs> i'm trying not to do any alcohol during the day but i would make an exception in you all's case <laughs> thank you we should make a plan then Definitely. I have one more, one more thing to say is that um, a friend of mine who's a French teacher assigned her class that was um, a distanced class to read The Plague by Albert Camus. Oh my goodness. And so I thought, well, I should read that because that's a classic and I like to read classics and good literature and real literature. And I'm telling you. Don't read it. <laughs> it was not a good choice. It's not for me, but I did read it. I finished it. Oh God! So it was it was entirely too too relatable. I'm bad. But now I keep of course thinking of it, but um, now I'm reading something really cool. 
cool. Yeah. Thank you, Laura. We yeah, should definitely find a way to do lunch sometime. I'd yeah. love that. All right, cool. Thank you, Laura. Thank you so much, and good luck with the editing and everything. With us, we have Todd Webb, illustrator and one of the artists from the Two Scale group show. Thank you for coming, Todd. Thanks for talking with us. Hey, Todd. <laughs> um, my first question for you is, to put it mildly, these are some strange times we're living in. Quarantining, face masks, and hand sanitizer have become part of our daily rituals. On top of the virus, we're at a societal turning point filled with protest and dissatisfaction with continued social injustice. So how are you handling the current climate dictated by the COVID pandemic and the social unrest? And has these things affected your artwork or process? And what role does your artwork play in your daily life? Wow, that was very, not a yes or no question. Um, <clears throat> yes. <laughs> uh, it affected me a whole lot in that I've spent the entire uh, quarantine time producing three daily projects. Um, one of them was on, has been ongoing for several years. It's called Daily Bleeps, and it's like a little video of something that I see during my day, and then I'll set to music that's improvised. Um, so that was ongoing already. Um, but then um, in March 13th, uh, or 14th when it started to look like we, we were all headed indoors. Um, I decided to restart my journal comic, which I had initially done for about a decade, starting in like the year 2000. Um, back then there weren't a lot of people doing that. <laughs> it's a very common practice now, which is very cool to see. Um, when I started, it was me and two other people. And one of them, it was like their magnum opus project one of them was my uh, a friend of mine um who kind of was using it to get his foot in the door in the web comics world and then mine was just practice like i just wanted to get better um and so mine like changed forms over all these years and eventually i retired it but because it looked like stuff was getting weird out there um i decided it would be interesting to revive that project and try to document some of the things that changed, thinking it was gonna be little things that changed, um, which it wasn't. Um, and I actually just drew the last one of those last night. Um, I did it for 100 days. And um, yeah, so they're they're running on Instagram at a delay, so the last strip won't, won't run until Wednesday, um, but it, it'll, it'll be, um, yeah, 100 days of that, so that's, art that was produced. And then at the same time I was doing that every day, um, uh, right before uh, the COVID stuff hit, the last mini comic I did for a, a little festival was called The Poet. And it was just a little seven page strip about a poet who, an unnamed poet who sits at a park bench and like talks to a bird, like a pigeon. And um, just kind of like philosophizes out loud and then gets cut down by the pigeon and I really liked them and I was like I can I, I would like to do a whole book of those um, 
but for whatever reason, I decided to do it as a daily comic strip format, um, since that's how the book, the initial comic was structured as little four panel sequences. So um, I've now done close to a hundred of those too. <laughs> and that, that strip is, is still going. Um, I don't know when I'm gonna stop that one. Uh, because between the two of those being concurrent, um, you know, the, the journal was real life stuff being processed in the moment. And then the poet was kind of me digesting that stuff and trying to turn it into something positive uh, for what I was trying to go for anyway. Um, and then mixed with the daily bleeps of just giving me like a little break from everything to twist knobs on some synthesizers and stuff and <laughs> go oh. for a walk and videotape things. I'm a big fan of the poet and your little daily oh, journals. So I've been watching since like you started doing the, the COVID um, journal daily <laughs> chronicling of strange times was really fun to watch unravel because I had similar things. Just like it was like God knows. It was weird figuring out trying to figure out an ending to it because I've never when I did journals in the past they always would just start and then they'd stop at some point once I just didn't have the time to do them or you know it's like with this I was starting to feel overwhelmed with stuff and I I have other projects that need working on and I just I don't have time to do them like I recorded another record in the winter like the end of the winter and then was like well I'll finish that up soon and then that's been just sitting there waiting to be finished so there's all kinds of stuff that needs done but ending the journal was was it was diff like the whole thing was different this time because there was a purpose to it where there never had been before right. so it took a lot more thinking and energy and then and then ending it um i think you'll like the ending i don't i don't know that i want to give it away don't spoil it <laughs> it's a good it's a full it's a full circle type type thing so right on <laughs> I don't know if that answered any of your actual question or not, but that's I what I'm doing. <laughs> I think Just you hit most of them. Making more stuff than than I have in a long time to uh, distract myself by work, I guess. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Because I'm always at home anyway, so that's something that didn't change for me. Um, although there was a period at the beginning when my wife was furloughed, so she was here, um, which is all in the comics, you know, but mm. like that, that was a change too. Yeah. It would be. Okay, I'll, I'll give you the second question. <laughs> uh, and again, thank you for uh, being a part of the uh, exhibition. And we're sorry that we couldn't have had it out for the public to see longer. Um, you know, we, we hated to shut it down. And, but in these times, we just had no choice. So. I'm, I'm glad I was able to get up there, you know, before everything happened. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and honestly, the show was so well received. We had so much positive feedback and everybody was so excited about it. It was just like, yay, we really hit it out of the park with this show. People are really loving this show and it's closed. <laughs> like, song. So thank you for, for participating. Okay, second question. It is difficult for us all to see the future in these uncertain times. Do you have any goals, plans, or new directions which you hope to explore in the coming days, months, years? Where do you see your artwork leading you? Um, my whole thing has pretty much always been go 
day by day as much as possible. Um, I did have stuff which I, I wrote about in the in the journal. Um, I for the past two years I've been developing a kids graphic novel series for like a big publishing house that they came to me about, um, and I've. I've been doing comics for like 20 something years now. So I I spent a long time back in the day trying to get into those kinds of places and never having it work out. And so having one of them come to me and say like, we're open to what you want to make, like make what you want to make. And, you know, we'll, we'll run with it and blah, blah, blah. And literally for two years, I've been developing this thing that went from being one book to being like a whole series of books. And then um, it looked like it was getting traction and then COVID happened and it was on pause. And then um, the other day I finally heard back from them that the people that needed to review it got to review it and they don't want it. Oh. So, so that was something that I was, I was cautiously optimistic about as far as a future project of like, I have these characters that I love, this book series that I'm really excited to draw um, and the, potential of it actually going further out into the world than what my stuff usually does. Cause I've never had that. I mean, I worked for Nickelodeon magazine, so those things got seen by people, but that wasn't like, you know, my own book that was, you know, I go into like Barnes Noble or whatever, and there's an end cap with like, all my friends are on that end cap, which is awesome. But I was like, Oh, I can finally be on that end display with my buddies that, you know, and now it's just kind of been like, which is why I go day by day. Um, but because at the same time, the whole time I was talking to them, um, my friend that I was writing the books with, um, my friend Dan, that we did the Mr. Toast comics together, um, uh, I had told him all along, you know, like, I'm really optimistic about the way that it's going with this particular publisher. Um, but at the same time, I was like, if something happens and they say no for whatever reason, or if they want to change stuff that we're not cool with, I'm putting it out on my own anyway. <laughs> so like, it's not stopped. It's just not gonna get the big push out into the world that I was hoping it would. <laughs> so no, that's, that's yeah. can, can you send it to other publishers? I mean. I totally can, but because I've dealt with all those other publishers before, I kind of know the notes that they're gonna have. Right. I, know, I know the things that they're gonna wanna tweak that are not things that I wanna, change which is why this one was so interesting because all the way up till the last minute of like we're at the contract phase you know like all the way up to the last minute um right before they started drafting paperwork it was like they were loving it so it's some you know higher ups that came down and were like no nah. like the editor i dealt with was awesome i, I was really excited to work with her because she seemed to get what i was doing which is rare for those kinds of organizations that are you know just concerned of copying whatever's popular a lot of the time seems to be like we need another diary of a wimpy kid now it's like yeah that's not what i'm gonna do <laughs> yeah that's not me well good for you yeah. for like sticking to your guns though uh i i always credit to um the director jim jarmish <laughs> i don't know if you know his movies at all but he he makes really quiet little personal movies and his I, I have like books of interviews with him and the th through line with his interviews is it's awesome if a movie studio wants to give me money to make a movie, but if they don't, I'm making the movie that I want to make anyway. And it's like mm -hmm. the people that are going to see it are going to see it. And 
it's, you know, it's something that he believes in. And so that kind of was drilled into me that way. So I just look at it that way with comics. It's like, I make, make the stuff that I believe in rather than what the market dictates. <laughs> and, I th and I think as an artist, I think that's what we have to do. And I think that's also, every artist that I know that has always remained true to themselves has had longevity. Mm -hmm. The artists who kind of become manipulated um, by outside sources and start making for art other than themselves who just burn out and honestly stop making art. Um, so I have the same attitude you do. I just keep making stuff. If somebody mm -hmm. likes it, oh my gosh, that's great. But I keep being true to myself and, and you know, have, have you know, don't question why I do it. And I think you, right. to, you know, I know why I make the art I make. Well, there's, there's also the, this thing of, um, that I, I feel like, I think Steve Martin said this in one of his masterclass things or whatever, but it was, it, there's a spot waiting for everything. And if you're not making the stuff when the spot opens up, it's going to go to the next person, you know? So mm -hmm. all of the work where you're not being, visible by certain groups of people is just like a waiting game. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you gotta be doing what you wanna do so that when that spot opens up, you can be there and be like, I've been doing this all along. Here, enjoy it, <laughs> you know? And you're, and you're ready to go. And I mean, the, the art world is fickle. It changes constantly. Mm -hmm. so, so what people are looking for at this moment may not be what they're looking for, you know, right. down the road. <laughs> And then you, you're, you're all set. All the stuff that I find myself drawn to has been stuff that I stumbled on over time. Um, and it's people that, that, you know, have been doing things forever and ever. And they have an audience, but it's not a massive audience. And that's kind of, I used to joke when I started my band, I joked that I aspired to obscurity, <laughs> you know, because it's like just a tiny, a tiny slice of the, the pie is still a giant slice of pie. So it's like, yeah. you only need, you only need, you know, a hundred something people to really be into what you're doing to kind of make it work. But yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's a good, healthy attitude. <laughs> that's my Easier thing. to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if, if that had a whole lot to do with the future, but. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Being optimistic to the future. That's pretty. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Being open to what happens and being flexible and, and just being true to yourself with your work. Holy cow. I think that's just a great future plan. <laughs> that sounds similar to mine. That's why you know, I'm like, wow, it sounds like my future. Okay. Good. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So. Boy, thank you so much for your time. And would oh, you it's just a two question thing? Yeah, man, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Okay. We weren't but gonna drill we, you. But what we really, we also would love to see what you're working on. And um, and so would you please stay in contact with us so that we can yeah. keep in touch and know what you're doing so we can continue to promote what you do and be yeah. however we can. Sure, yeah. There'll be a book out um, probably next month. Uh, the um, Like all the drawn comics are gonna be in. Um, oh my goodness. Have you ever done video? Like, 
taken your comics and translated them into a video work. Oh yeah. So yeah. you can hit all the hit all the I've done some really bad animation for for some very cool people. So, uh, actually if you on my, my website, if if you don't mind me throwing my website out there, it's it's toddbot.com. T O D D B O T. Um and there there's a section I just added up there finally that has some of my horrible animation stuff, but it's been, you know, uh, for very cool people. Like I, I did stuff for uh, Chris Ballou, who was the singer of the presidents of the USA. <gasps> That's uh, so cool. He has like a children's music project called Casper Baby Pants. And I did two music videos for him. Um, and then uh, I did some short things for Bento Box Entertainment, which is the company that makes Bob's Burgers. Um, and I did a, another, in the earlier 2000s, I did a children's record project with Robert Schneider from the Apples in Stereo. Um, he has a kid's thing called Robert Bobber and the Bubble Machine, where um, I did a, like a comic book. I did all the packaging for his record, and then I did a comic book and a coloring book that went with it. And then um, the character that I had made was turned into a music video, not by me, but based on, you know, some of my stuff for uh, Yo Gabba Gabba on Nickelodeon. So I've, I've oh my gosh, tapped into that world, you know, but it's not, it's not, um, not something I, I aim for. Because <laughs> I know a lot of my, my friends who um, do a lot of animation and have done small videos so they can get into the whole um, film festival mm -hmm. kind of circuit and, um, get their work out that way. So I was kind of curious if you'd, if you'd ventured into the film festival short circuit yet. Well, yeah, my, I, I also have had my music in movies. Um, my friend Chad Hardigan, who's originally here from Virginia, is now a L LA director on the rise. Um, he's got a new movie that's been postponed because of COVID that I don't think anything of mine is in, but in the last one, there was some stuff of mine. His, his very first movie, for, he did my music videos back when he was starting out. So, <laughs> so yeah, there's there's all kinds of like cross-pollination with that stuff, but none of that is a thing that I aspire to. I really just want to make comic books and drawings and stuff. I'm very <laughs> lo-fi. Lo <laughs> that would be me too, and that's why I have Meg. <laughs> <laughs> I keep her up to date. <laughs> well, thanks, Todd. Yeah, thank you. I'm a big fan, so like it's been very exciting to like <laughs> have you involved. <laughs> yeah, thanks for including me. It's fun. With us, we have Travis Childers, whose work transforms everyday materials into something a little bit more significant. Uh, thank you, Travis, for being a part of the show. I know I wish you could have come to see it in person, and I wish a lot more people could have seen it before we shut down, but thank you so much for being a part of it. Oh, thank you for having me be a part of it. I wish I could have seen it too before everything happened as well, so. Well, the first question I have for you, uh, to put it mildly, these are strange times in which we're living. Quarantining, face masks, and hand sanitizers have become a part of our daily rituals. On top of the virus, we are at a societal turning point filled with protest and dissatisfaction with continued social injustice. How are you handling the current climate dictated by the COVID pandemic and the social unrest? Has it affected your artwork or process? 
and what does your artwork, what role does your artwork play in your daily life? Well, as, as far as the pandemic goes, I guess I was always kind of a homebody to begin with. So being at home so much isn't quite as driving me quite as crazy as it is some people. Um, that being said, I'm certainly, there certainly is a difference between choosing to be home and being forced to be home. Uh, so it is taking some adjusting. And uh, for me, my art's always kind of been this way for me to uh, kind of escape from the world. At the same time, I'm kind of dealing with the issues of the world. Uh, it's always been this kind of sanctuary. So whenever there's been stressful times or difficult times, I kind of use that as a uh, an escape mechanism, I guess. And a lot of my work is so repetitive and it takes a long time to produce that I can kind of lose myself in my work. And that's so with everything going on, I've been kind of actually really producing work because I've just been kind of you know, it's a way to tune the world off. And, and it's, I guess it's comparable to those photographers who go to war zones and they, they say that they get so focused on what they're documenting on and dealing with what they're seeing and getting it to the rest of the world that they kind of at least put off thinking about the danger and the horrible things they're seeing. Um, and I've always dealt with themes in my work. I mean, up till this happened, I was dealing with a lot of environmental issues and things like climate change and, and excuse me, uh, suburban, I mean, urban uh, uh, sprawl and dealing with lots of uh, uh, things about nature being torn down and being destroyed. Uh, so with all the things that have been happening recently, I do see that I guess any artist can't help but deal with we're all kind of, all ours kind of filters. We take in what we see and then we put it into another form. You can't help but do that. No matter how much you feel like you're kind of creating something distant from everything around you. So I have seen that my work has taken, I wouldn't say necessarily darker tone, but I do see some of it kind of leaking into uh, what I've been doing. Even something as simple as, I'm sorry, that's my cat. It's okay. <laughs> as soon as um, anyway, <laughs> you can't escape. See the con. The, the conflict continues down here with the cats. Even there's fragile side. Um. So uh, anyway, so uh, I've I've noticed that I have even something as simple as using darker colors and 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 grays and things have popped up a little bit more. So there's been this. Uh, I you can. I have seen a little bit of a shift in my work and a lot of the things I'm, I'm doing has kind of leaned toward referencing some of the things that are going on, just my general mood about this. Oh, here's another horrible thing that's going on and what, what does the future hold? and What's this uncertainty about these changing times? Uh, so yeah, it has, it has definitely affected my work, even if I don't intentionally set out for it to. Yeah. Find its way in. Yeah, now your work, um it always it brings a smile on your face so there's always a, a little bit of humor um in your presentation i i find because your work just you look at it and it has a very you know deep underlying meaning and it could be the materials you use the familiarity of them i guess brings on a little bit of smile onto on your face um are you are you keeping that little bit of of humor in your work, or do you find that when you say your work is getting darker, is it is it veering away from that 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 which makes the viewer smile when they look at your work? 
Um, I think I've always, I think I've always got this morbid Irish humor, I guess. You know, I've always kind of, whenever something's bad, I've joked about things. My family's that way too. So I always deal with things in a humorous way. It's not that I don't care. Or it's not that I'm making light of something. It's just the way I choose to do things. And the way I try to convey like a message maybe for change or something, I don't, I'm not one of those artists who's very aggressive and hits you over the head with it. I try to kind of, I guess, sneak with humor or uh, see a, a less preachy, I guess, approach to doing something might be a good way to say it. And part of that I learned a long time ago, I started out as a painter. And uh, when I moved to using everyday materials, I felt that was a way to kind of reach people and draw people in too, is that I wasn't using this paint in a mysterious way that people couldn't relate to. I was like, hey, that's a pen or a, a ballpoint pen that he's making stuff out of. I use those every day or a stapler. Uh, so I, it, it has taken a slightly darker tone, but I don't ever see myself losing the humor. I would go insane if I did that. <laughs> I approach things myself. So it's always the way I've dealt with things personally, and it's the way I choose to do things with my work is to find some kind of humor, humorous twist to kind of uh, deal with something maybe kind of serious and dark, but not in such a, uh, something that draws you in and doesn't completely, I guess, repulse you at the same time as well, so. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, I, I, I deal with sociopolitical work in my work too, but I, I use humor um, as sort of an entry point, because I think it just, it eases people into it. And I, when I saw your work, I said, ah, he needs the humor too. So I was very curious that that was going to, you're gonna retain that humor when you started talking, you're getting darker. And uh, sometimes what happens is we start, you know, feeling like we need to get more literal and, and, and bonk people over the head. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Well, yeah, that's a. I think that's what the protesting that I'm seeing is about. It's just people have had enough, and they they say we're not going to just talk about this. We're not going to debate it. Let's get out and cause real change. That we're seeing, or you can't ignore all this stuff happening. You you create such a way that uh, such a stink or a loud noise that people can't. And I think and and I know artists who do that. I know artists who take very aggressive in your face and I admire a lot of that but when I know in my work uh, your work's always a reflection of you and your personality again too when I've tried to do those aggressive uh, ways of doing things hit people in the head it just doesn't come off I, I can't pull it off because that's just not the way I am as a, as a person so we all need to plan our attack in the, in the way we can and and play up to your strengths and that's yeah that's what I do as well mm -hmm. uh, well, well I I fully agree with you um, with that. Um, okay, I'll give you the second question. It's difficult for us all to see the future in these uncertain times. Do you have any goals, plans, or new directions which you hope to explore in the coming days, months, years? Where do you see your artwork leading you? It's a good question. Uh, I guess it, to answer that, I have to go into the, my creative process. And the, everyone all artists find inspiration in different ways. Uh, for me, it's kind of this instantaneous process. I don't really set out to have ideas. I just read as much as I can, walk around stores and notice things as much as I can and kind of process. And then the ideas just kind of come out. It's kind of an instantaneous thing. And then one leads to another. 
so I don't really have like, I guess, a, a long-term plan. Uh, I kind of just, I'm one of those artists who just kind of lets the directions kind of carry me. Uh, and again, our, every artist is different and finds different ways. But again, when I get in those positions where I try to force an idea, like I'm going to make a work about this today. And it just, again, it just doesn't work. I, I kind of just come into my studio and work and then one idea will lead to another. And, and it just kind of is a in, more instantaneous process for me. So I'm kind of led by uh, the work and the direction of the work. Uh, but the long term is just pretty simple one as far as I'm concerned, it's just to keep working and just keep doing, making things really. It's just, that's my uh, simple strategy for the future really. I think every artist is like that. Just a simple, just keep, keep on, keep it on, create it, because we need to create it. I think we make it too hard on ourselves. <clears throat> I think, excuse <clears throat> me, that we have to have some kind of grandiose idea or that it needs to go this direction and I want to do this. And you should all, you should be planning these kind of explorations, but I think just simply letting it happen sometimes is, is just the best way to go about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think you brought up a good point. It tends to be when you and you, you know, have the plan and, and it's got to be this way, the work becomes forced. <laughs> all of a and, sudden. Yeah, and we all know plans change. They never, <laughs> they never ever do plans <clears throat> uh, <laughs> to uh, come to fruition. Uh, that has certainly been my experience, and especially in the art world. And I think a, a part of being an artist is learning to, you know, kind of go with the flow a bit. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think you have to, uh, yeah, go with the flow in your studios, your life, every aspect of it. I mean, and that's what, uh, to me, in my work, is, that's what an artist is about, is reacting to what, not necessarily creating what's there, but reacting what's there and, and assessing it and, uh, representing it to the viewer and, and causing change is not necessarily, you know, um, yeah, this idea that's going to exist in itself. It's all part of what's around you and what's around you affects it. So to me, it, you don't know really where your work's going to lead because it just depends on the external and somewhat internal forces around you that, that are constantly changing all the time. Now, do you have the phenomena of reoccurring th themes in your work, these themes that you think you're done and gone, and yet as, as the years go on, you find them reappearing? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, uh, like these, some of the side, uh, some of the collages I do, I always think uh, with the, it's different from the sculpture, the things with the tape, I always feel like, uh, well, this, I've kind of said everything I can do with this, I'm gonna make a few more collages and that's it. And then maybe in doing those, I think of, well, why don't I do this with them? Uh, and, and, and then sometimes it's, you know, the same thing with some of the landscapes I made on the bricks. I felt like, well, you know, this is, it talks about everything it needs to say. It's kind of a completed idea, but then I think, well, what about doing with that? And I think, uh, I don't feel like any idea is really ever finished and maybe no piece is ever finished either. Uh, I remember these, uh, there were these, real popular piece I made a long time ago is uh, these tanks I made out of graph paper. And I said, this is going to be a one-time piece and I'm going to make them, show them a few times and then that's it. But it, I just keep going back to, to the idea of those uh, just because of what it represents about 
the need for uh, order and the fragility of trying to get order and how maybe we shouldn't even try to get order and, and other things like that. So, oh yeah, I, I think I revisit pieces a lot and, and you know, in creating new pieces, sometimes a, a completely new piece has nothing to do with any of my other work. Well, but oh, this kind of goes with that thing I made a couple of years ago. Maybe I should explore this, this piece again and see where I can take it knowing how this one turned out. So yeah, I think it's, it's all part of the process and just uh, growing really, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay, well, thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk with us today. We really appreciate it. As Meg said, we were really disappointed that we couldn't have the show uh, available for the public to experience longer. I can tell you the time it was open the feedback was phenomenal. It was extremely popular and, and people were really excited um, and, and thrilled. I mean, the positive feedback, feedback was just great. So thank you for being a part of it. Oh, and thank you. What I saw online was incredible. Again, I wish I could have seen it in person, but things happen. Uh, well, will you please, please stay in touch with us and let us know what you're working on and the directions you're going. We, we like to, we like to get updates from our artists and uh, know what they're doing and what they're thinking. So that's one of, one of the reasons we, you know, do what we do is once you, once you show with us, we want to keep, we want to keep in touch and know what you're up to. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, now we would like to say hello to John Morgan, who's joining us to answer our questions. And so first question, John, how are you? The first question, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I just came back from the studio. I, had, I did a collage, which makes me feel good. It's on Instagram, so. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, and, and thank you so much for participating in this exhibition, and we were just very sorry that we couldn't have the show open longer for the public. That I, was I was real pleased with the exhibition as a whole. I thought it was excellent. You did a oh, great job. Good. We, we you know, everything that Wade um, heard, all the feedback was extremely positive, so um, yeah, it was just, it was just disappointing we couldn't have it open longer, but We'll take what we got. We were lucky to have it sure. open. Um, so we'll, we'll take what we got. So the first question, uh, to put it mildly, these are strange times in which we are living. Quarantining face masks and hand sanitizers have become part of our daily rituals. On top of the virus, we are at a societal turning point filled with protest and dissatisfaction with the continued social injustice. How are you handling the current climate dictated by COVID pandemic and social unrest? Has your artwork and process been affected? And what role does your art play in your daily living? Okay, I, um, I think my, uh, the good, good thing that's come out of this, I still got, can go to my studio every day. And I try to do that. And at first I had a hard time. Um, some of the collages I've done lately are, are political. Mm -hmm. because of uh, what's going on because most of the things I do are, are um, uh, the, the collages I build 
usually has something to do with something personal or something that affects my life, um, often through art, but this time through politics. So, um, so the, the studio is a saving grace for me right now, which I'm sure is for you too. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's been, now some of us have been dealing with, um, I know I'm, I have a little, you know, having this overwhelming amount of anxiety, which makes it hard for me sometimes to settle in and work. Have you been okay? Um, just kind of settle, leaving the outside world outside your studio and, and getting in there and working. Times like these need to speak out. So been trying to do that. Um, I still go to the studio every day because if I'm not there, nothing gets made. So that's just, that's not going to make itself. All right. <laughs> Excellent. Are you finding your, your work is, is becoming more literal? Um, yes, especially the political stuff. It has to be. Um, it has to be easier to read, I, I believe. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think a lot of us are, are you know, um, I was always looking for my own work for finding ways of doing th things more subtly, but in, in this climate, it's, it's you just kind of want to, you know. Put it right in your face. Right in people's face, so there's no question about what you're trying to say. And I think uh, times like this, you know, you have to look, uh, I think of uh, Goya when he did the disasters of war. And I think it's, it's something that artists need to participate in right now. Um, Speaking with the other artists, it seems a lot of us feel yeah, that it, way. It has motivated. to be part of our voice now, yes. So if we can do that visually and make a, a statement, I think that's excellent. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. From, you know, speaking with the other artists through this process, we, we have heard that sort of, you know, over and over again to varying degrees of urgency about getting um, artistic voices out there. Yeah. So well, one I think, of the things, things I've had a hard time with is uh, watching the news on TV because uh, it's so discouraging because there's something every day by the, our president and um, so I've kind of backed off on that a little bit. Charlotte is my wife's on it all the time, and um, uh, I just can't do it. It's insanity. Oh no, I'm the I'm with you, John. There are some days where I just can't take it. It's it's just too much. It really is. It's too much. I I can't even process it. Um, no, I can't either. I I just don't understand how we've gotten here, uh, how we let this happen. You know. Mm-hmm. It's like a perfect storm. Hopefully it'll be the perfect storm that takes him down. I'm with you on that. It's, it's, it's sometimes it's just absolutely overwhelming. So, okay, I'll send the second question on over to Meg. Yes. Uh, it is difficult for us to see the future in these uncertain times. John, do you have any goals, plans, or new directions that you're hoping to pursue in the coming days, months, or years? And where well, we do have, you see... Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The last part is, uh, where do you see your artwork leading you? Well, I, you know, I never know that um, because I'm a process kind of artist. So uh, uh, if I plan something out, I get very bored trying to, I, I'm more process oriented. So it kind of um, uh, 
takes its own direction. Um, and I, 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 ideas generated and then as I start working, it takes, it takes a direction, usually a direction often that I don't expect. Um, as far as what I have planned in the future, we're, we're gonna go up to our cabin a lot more this summer and I'm gonna take a lot of drawing materials. Uh, I haven't done pastel drawings in a long time and I wanna take my pastels and do some drawing up there. Well, that'd be very different than your collages, that'd be fun. Mm -hmm. now, now you have a, your, your cabin up in uh, Bath. I mean, I've certainly been up there, I've been to Nimrod um, Hall uh -huh. several times um, for artist, uh, artist getaway. Um, and it is truly beautiful up there. Yeah. Is, is, do you think that that's what's going to inspire your pastels? Um, I don't know, but I, I, I think um, uh, the quietness and um, uh, isolation, um, I think that will inspire me more. And I just never know, you know, maybe the color, although I, I, if, if it's color, I'd have to take a lot of green. <laughs> You'd have to take a lot of green. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I had a, I, I used to teach at Nimrod and I had a student come from the, from Arizona, take my class and she said, I didn't bring enough green. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's very green. My favorite time up there is in, at night with all of the fireflies. But oh I, yeah. How would you capture that? I don't know. Oh yeah. And, and also you're, the sky feels like it's right on top of you, you know. Oh, it, it does. It's yeah, just, yeah. it's just magnificent. Yeah. So I, I haven't, I've been planning these. I want to do some charcoal drawings too. I haven't worked in black and white. I've done it with my collages, but I, I really love black and white. And I want to do some charcoal drawings up there too. And we'll see. The last drawings I did were, they were kind of these, um, uh, they're based on animals. And um, um, they were um, more mystical kind of quality to them. Um, and that's years ago. I was doing these real big drawings, and that's probably where I'll start, and I'll see where it takes me. Good plan. Mm -hmm. That's and I, I love it how we all tend to um, revisit ideas at different points in our lives. It just when we leave an idea, you never know when it's going to come back or when you'll revisit it. But I find that I always circle around and revisit. Um, Revisit ideas. A lot of times you don't realize you're making that circle until you get to the end of the circle. You get to the end of the circle and you're like, uh-oh, I did it again. <laughs> or, or I will, um, I remember um, I was in a bank in Richmond and I was cashing a check. It wasn't my bank. And I looked through this door and there's one of my drawings from 30 years ago on this wall in the bank. And I, I walked over and looked at it and I thought, golly, I'm doing something real similar now and I didn't even realize it, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, that's wonderful. Yeah, we tend to uh, definitely work in sort of repeating patterns. I think that's... Right. that's I, that, the real wonderful thing is when you hit one of those breakthrough moments, you know, and all of a sudden you go in a different direction, you know, those, that's why you have to be at the studio every day for when that happens. Oh, you're absolutely right. And you also have to be willing to follow it. Right, right. It's, it's, they taking that risk. Uh, yeah, I, I've always taught that way, but sometimes it's easy to, 
uh, not challenge yourself. Now would be a good time, I think, for artists to challenge themselves. I agree with you. I think this is the perfect time. I agree. It's a perfect storm and we ought to add into it or onto it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's what makes it. I think we're going to see a lot of really exciting artwork coming out in the next couple of years. I think I'm excited to see what what happens. I think the art world is going to take a shift and um, we'll see where it goes. I was talk, uh, listening to a podcast today at my studio with Malcolm Gladwell. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with Malcolm Gladwell, mm -hmm. but um, I forget what he he said in uh, the uh, he did a, a essay on the pandemic in 1918, and you know that lasted two years, and the art and music and writing that came at that out of that time was phenomenal. So, you know that's that might be the blessing in disguise. We'll see. Definitely. Yep, I think I think I think it may be. So, yep, it's it's kind of hard to see the light in all of this, but there always is light. So, you know, you can't always see it at the time, but right. I think we're going to see it in the future. Hopefully, we can learn from this. Yeah, I hope so, but I worry that we don't learn from our mistakes. You know, it reminds me of the. Uh, Allegory of 99 Wolves, which will always be one of my favorite installation pieces, you know, where the wolves just kind of run at this plate glass window, you know, knock themselves silly, shake it off, and then get in line to run at the plate glass window again. It's, so, yeah, what was it? Uh, the definition of insanity is you keep doing it over and over. Again. You just keep doing it over and over again. So, hopefully, this time we will we'll learn. I hope. I hope so too. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness! I love talking to you, John. I could talk to you all day, but um, I don't think I don't think you signed up for that. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate everything you're all doing down there, and I I know a lot of people don't understand the work of running a gallery. Believe me, I do. So I oh, I, I, do. I admire what you all do. Thank and, you, John. Uh, uh, I hope you keep doing it. Excellent. All right, take care. Thank you, John. Sure. I would like to thank the artists for participating in the Two Scale Small Works show and for taking the time to speak with us for this inaugural podcast. Please keep your ears out for our next podcast installment coming soon and visit our website to see what's happening at Riverview's art space. We plan to physically reopen Riverview's art space on July 3rd with an exhibition featuring the paintings of esteemed local artist, Michael Buborn. Come visit us in person. Please know that we at Riverviews are taking reopening during the COVID pandemic very seriously, and we will be adhering to all CDC guidelines.